Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get started. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hello, everyone. This is one of your co-founders, Dimitric. You may know me as the second host, D. And first of all, I want to thank you all. It's been a successful month. We have quite a few downloads. It's been great. But one thing we don't have is reviews. So if you could, please, after you listen to today's podcast, stop by iTunes, give us five stars, uh, leave us some nice comments, leave us some feedback, and even go to our website, thebitcoinpodcast.com, or go to Twitter, at the BTC Podcast and leave us some feedback we'd love to hear back from you guys we want to do better we want to be better so please 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 make it happen for us reviews stars feedback all right here's your show hey guys welcome to another episode of the bitcoin podcast i'm your first host marcello and i am host number two d once again this is Corey, and Today, we're going to talk a little bit about apps. So the Bitcoin faithful have long been in search of Bitcoin's killer app, which can be defined as a use for Bitcoin that cannot fail to drive adoption of the digital currency. And apps, and let's just talk about money in general, they cover every angle of business and personal finance, yet Bitcoin is digital money. So naturally, you have digital wallets, digital apps to support it. So first off, guys, how do you guys feel about this space? Is it too crowded? Like, what's going on? Tell me first? I'll go first. Um, it's never too crowded. You take a bunch of shots, and one of them lands. Hoots the bullseye. Um, it's definitely not too crowded. I know that much. I can say that off the bat. And I think every single new app that comes out is a new opportunity to grasp a different group of people and bring them into the Bitcoin space. Um, we're looking for the killer app. They say, like, looking for the AOL moment. Where it's like, you've got mail. Maybe it needs to be just an easy switch. Like, you've got Bitcoin. And that's it. <laughs> that's all somebody needs to do. And we've got it. Well, what about, like, uh, regular money has mint? You could say that's probably the most mainstream money app. And there's no need to have some kind of junior version of it or generic version of it. Like, they got it locked down. Like, this... Does Bitcoin need more killer apps and we don't need like diluted, you know, copycat apps? You know, that's what I kind of mean by too crowded because you can't have too many, I think. My answer to that is no. Uh, <laughs> Your answer to right. his opinion is no. Yep. So it's, hey, that's why we're just two guys. These apps, <laughs> these apps that are coming out are finding new use cases for Bitcoin. They're finding new things you can do with programmable money you couldn't do in the past with regular money. And as they continue to do this, they're gonna all of these apps are building on the platform that is Bitcoin, as opposed to just doing the same old shit in different ways with regular money and banks. We connect your banks, we give you a budget, we tell you when something happens, etc. With Bitcoin, you can do a lot of other things. Many, many, many other things that are much more advanced than just a transfer of money. You can do you know, multi-signature wallets, which is something that you, know, you can't do otherwise. Yeah. And that's just a, one, one example in the, in the landscape of different things that you can do. And we'll learn about new things as time goes on as our Bitcoin develops of the things that you can do. So I like these apps and all the shit that they're, they're going to end up doing and allowing us to do with the money that we have. So taking advantages of Bitcoin uh, to spot a potential killer app it'll be easier for bitcoin to gain momentum as a technology right yeah because you find say you find this app comes out that's really useful for a lot of people to save money or make money or make budgets or send money and people start using it like hey man um i want to do this thing well you should use that one app because it's the best 
And they're like, oh, how does that work? Oh, they do it through Bitcoin. Don't worry about it. It's the easiest way to do it. And then they start using it and they learn about Bitcoin. And it's just so it's, it's, the, it's in my opinion, the best way, all these apps are the best way to get people to learn about Bitcoin and start using Bitcoin. So if I, if I grabbed your cell phone and unlocked it, what Bitcoin apps do you got on your home screen? D? Right now, I have a bunch um, because I'm Captain Bitcoin. Uh, I got I have Circle, I have Coinbase, I have Blockchain.info's app, I have, um, let me see here, I have what's called BitWallet on the iPhone. I think it's an iPhone-specific wallet. It's really cool. It gives you some of the guts and the background information, like more for an advanced user. That's right. I'm an advanced user. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I also have Lawnmower, which is my new favorite app. My favorite. I love it. It's the best app ever. It is the best. It is the, my best app on my phone. And I have Grand Theft Auto on my phone. So that tells you and, just how much. And P.S. We are not being paid by by the lawnmower. That is true. <laughs> um, we do happen to be interviewing them, but what? they're a guest. They are a guest. That's right. Did I leak it too soon? <laughs> Shit. It leaked in the in the episode. Oh no! I leaked it. Spoiler alert. Um, I love the lawnmower app. It makes investing in Bitcoin brainless. I don't have to like. Oh, I gotta get on the Coinbase. I gotta remember to buy some Bitcoin, or I gotta, oh, I gotta log on a circle, buy some Bitcoin, two-factor authentication, all that stuff. You don't have to worry about any of that. Um, so yeah, Lawnmower is my fave. I'm actually gonna think, I think about using that as my entrance to people um, talking about Bitcoin. I'm like, hey, you curious about that. it? Well, why don't you just try this app? It's the easiest way to start buying it. And accumulated without you thinking about it when you have yeah, something I mean, it's money people don't even care about anyway you buy something for 75 cents who cares about the quarter yeah yep and yeah. i actually you get pissed off when you get a change back when someone just hands you a quarter what the fuck am i gonna do with this i don't put this in my pocket yeah it just goes in your car in the, in the cup holder and then it, it gets all sticky with coke yeah. and bubble gum and i'm like offended like did you just give me a dime you <laughs> son of a bitch like <laughs> what do you want me to do with this um, sorry, some other apps, Airbits and uh, Hive, and those are mostly wallets. So I think. And have you downloaded an app, hated it, deleted it, or is the success rate pretty high? Um, I think there was one that I deleted, but I can't remember. I'd have to go into my cloud to remember or which one it was. Are you a Are you an app hoarder? You just keep all apps and just have 16 screens of apps that you never yeah, use. Yeah, some people do that, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me say, is there like a numeric, is there a, a like limit? Is there a threshold? Is there a threshold to, be, to app yeah. hoarding? Is there a threshold to what to can be? I think if you have more than five pages, no, you're an no, app it has to It has to do with the percentage of apps you have to the amount you use. Well, the, I use mostly all of them when I'm using them. Okay. Well, okay. On a on a regular basis. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is what we're gonna do. I don't want to judge myself. I'm gonna hand my phone to Marcello. He's gonna scroll through it, and then Marcello, you tell me if I'm an app hoarder. Okay. Is the is the home screen? That's the home screen. Oh, well, you're cheating because you have you put them in categories. So it seems like you're not an app hoarder because. You you have them all neatly arranged. Right. Oh, we'll just we'll just stick with the with the base number of apps on a phone. I mean, you with can the base number. Uh, you, want. I, you know what? It's it's not, it's not on a neurotic level, but you know this guy is doing work <laughs> on his phone. Just from a quick glance at his home screen. I like that word you used, erotic. I like how you could have apps on your phone that will tantalize people. Um, <laughs> I do know this for a fact because I have to delete apps all the time. Um, because I'm downloading too many. <laughs> um, I have 96 apps. So. Oh my god! Um, uh, calm down, Captain. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Judgery. Jesus. 96 apps on the cloud. I downloaded 96 apps total in the lifetime of my iPhone. I was an Android owner at one point, so let's go on ahead and say 120. Yeah, 
Yeah, you make my phone look like a rotary. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even use it that much. Oh, yeah. My phone, it gets shit done. <laughs> my phone is a pedometer. That's pretty much all it does. <laughs> just It just tracks the number of steps I take here in Brazil. That's it. Does it, like, tell you when you're taking a good amount? Yeah, it tells me when I'm halfway done with my goal. So I, 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 had, a, I had an iPhone uh, back in the States, and I had all the Apple products. And I had quite a few apps as I was, you know, building my, my app hoarding. And as I moved here, I switched to an Android because I didn't feel like having it stolen or anything like that and from blogs that I had read. It, anyway, it didn't matter. Uh, now I have maybe one Bitcoin app. On my phone, the Which blockchain. Blockchain info. That's my main wallet. It's a good wallet. And I might have Coinbase. I don't know how to look at it. But anyway, I, all of the things that I, I don't use my phone. Like I, I, I prefer to not bring it out. If I'm not listening to music or a podcast or or texting somebody, then I'm not using my phone. So anything that I do that has to do with Bitcoin is all through my laptop. That's my livelihood. Mm. I'm very different. I like, I like to maximize my humanity. You like a you like a pretty user interface, don't you? You want to you want to have a nice GUI. E- you touch. Yeah, yeah. I like a good user interface. I like for it to be nice looking. I don't like to look at bad things and use things that are hard to use. Does that make sense? Yes, and you are like everybody else in the world because that's normal. Exactly. All right, D, so top top three apps, top of your head. Top three apps, numero uno for the adequate, like, frequency user, like myself. Um, Lawmore, numero uno. Love it. Love this since I downloaded it. Number two, change tip, because it's just fun. What is change tip? What do you do with that? Change tip. You, um, oh, actually, I don't think it's an app. It's on the... It's on the computer. They need an app. That's right. That was my shower thought. I was like, if ChangeTip had an app, be <laughs> um, so let's take that back. Sorry, ChangeTip. Um, lawnmower, Circle, even though that's kind of just considered a wallet, but it makes it really easy to onboard people. And I don't know if I can pick a third. I think I only have two. Is that okay? Everything else is on an equal playing field? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's like, oh, my God, I got to have it in my life. Whereas, have you, so have you diversified all of your cryptocurrency investment amongst many coins, or are you mainly in the Bitcoin game? I'm mainly in the Bitcoin game. I so have, you're not looking for apps that that will tell you your, your total net worth currently oh, yeah. based on the coins that you have? I do have that one. What's it called? And I use it a lot, so it's going to definitely be number three. It's called Coin Ticker on the iPhone. Yeah. And it shows me my portfolio. I have a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Doge, a lot of Litecoin. Um, I think I got a little toasty one time and bought some Ripple because I was toasty. So, yeah, I have a diversified digital portfolio, I guess. What? But not that diverse. Like I, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's gonna win the game. It's already been in. A, it's like if you're playing football and you're up by like 55 points at halftime. That's what Bitcoin is to every other altcoin, even Litecoin, which is amazing and I love. But it's like, come on. Football is boring. Football's not boring. If you're if you're talking about that lame worldly football that they call soccer. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so you mentioned lawnmower, Demetric. Yes. Guess what? Yeah. They're here. Oh my God! No way. <laughs> yeah. So then, when you guys were growing up in your house, did you have like those giant Ozarka bottles that you would throw pennies into? Yeah. Mine was mine was a Coke can. It was a giant a Coke, Coke can. can shaped bottle that had a, a coin slot in it, and you could see through it. And it weighed a ton. I remember it, that thing. You had yeah. that with you. Yeah, yeah. I remember that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well nowadays, nowadays uh, we do that 
digitally. So the first app to turn the spare change into Bitcoin is Lawnmower. And if you're unfamiliar, it rounds your bank purchases to the nearest dollar. So if you know you buy a burrito for four twenty-five, they push seventy-five cents of it from your bank account to your Bitcoin wallet automatically. They're bridging the gap. New Year's is often an encounter when it comes to purchasing their very first Bitcoins in a way that is passive. And it doesn't require spending large lump sums of fiat. So it would be pretty awesome if we had one person from the company, but we have all three of them. The CFO, the CEO, the CTO. <laughs> the whole damn company is here. The whole company. All the Everybody. Chiefs. So let's get into that. Here it is. Here it comes. <laughs> here it is. Here's the interview. It's starting right now. <laughs> yeah, let's get started. All right. Um, if you could, let's uh, let's go around the room, introduce yourselves a little bit, and uh, just let us know how quickly did you accept Bitcoin as something to put your time and effort into understanding. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Lawnmower's main team is uh, me, Alex, Patrick, and Peter. Uh, so we're pretty young guys. We're all about 23, 24. Uh, we went to school together in college about our junior year, this being like 2011. We first heard about Bitcoin and got in it and started researching a bit. But since we're in college, we didn't have any money. So it was more of a sideline admiration type deal. Uh, in about October of last year, so 2014, right around Halloween, uh, Peter joined this hackathon called Money 2020 in Las Vegas uh, it was sponsored by a few different Bitcoin companies. and the, So Peter entered one sort of competition and came up with the idea lawnmower inspired by programs like Bank of America's Spare Change Program and Acorns. Uh, so basically, he presented the idea lawnmower, told me and Patrick about it the next morning. Uh, we all started you know, writing about it on Facebook and Y Combinator and Reddit and such. Uh, Peter convinced us all to quit our jobs in December and we moved out to January in or moved out to San Francisco in January, and we've been plugging along since. Nice. Go big or go home. Was it, was it, was <laughs> yeah. it heavy convincing? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all love Bitcoin and like the startup life. So, yeah, it was a, I wouldn't say a quick decision, but it, it worked <laughs> out, and we're all pretty happy now. <laughs> Peter, what would you say your montage music was for that hackathon? <laughs> say it again? What would you say your montage music was for that hackathon? Um, yeah, so actually, uh, there's this, like, you know, like, uh, trap music, uh, there's, like, this... <laughs> no way! Yeah, yeah, uh, we're, like, um, there's a sample that says, like, lawnmower, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out well. Yeah, stuff and coffee all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> coffee in the right hand, energy drink in the left. <laughs> and lawnmower was born. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And then uh, you guys just uh, unrolled uh, version two, and I know you added a, you know a couple more banks to the list. Uh, could you talk to us about the acquisition process? And if you are you getting like resistance from these banks to join up, or is it pretty seamless? Well, this is how it actually works. So, shocker, we're not actually the ones with relationships with Bank of America, City, these huge banks. So, what we do is we actually interface with this third-party API called Plaid. Uh, Plaid.com. It's similar to products like Yodly and Intuit, who you've probably heard of. Essentially, what we do is, right now, you're right, we started with five banks, and now we support eight. So essentially, that's that's through Plaid. So when you log into this spending account, as we call it, with one of these top banks, you log in with your username and password. We essentially pass that to Plaid, and what we get in return is like an ongoing uh, transaction history feed. So instead of us actually interfering, interfacing with Bank of America, we go through Plaid, who has those relationships. So essentially, you put in your username and password at any of them, we get the transaction data feed, which we show on your dashboard, and then calculate the spare change from there. So uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It allows us to uh, you know grow faster and not have to waste time trying to talk to these large banks, and we kind of let Plaid do that. Nice. Very smart. That's a smart move right there. Um, I am the one that talks uh, Marcello and Corey, the other co-founders heads off about lawnmower and how it's like improved my, well, I guess you could say it's re- relieved my stress. Like now the investing in Bitcoin is just natural. It happens in the background for me. And real specifically is, is the two times multiplier as high as you're going to allow, or like what if somebody is like real thrifty 
with their spending, but aggressive with their savings. So like maybe they want a three times multiplier because they only buy stuff every once in a while or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of our initial thought was just to make the default between 0.2 and 2 nice and easy, pretty mild and tame. Uh, yeah, we moved it up to 5 recently. We've thought about doing something like a, uh, a, a kind of like a write-in custom text box to essentially let you customize your own. But, you know, absolutely, if you want to be more aggressive with Bitcoin, you know, we'd love to accommodate that with our multiplier. We've also thought about putting in some quick buy options, which could be you know, similar, maybe just to add $10 here instantly. But uh, yeah, totally open to increasing the spare change multiplier. What we started with was just kind of a safe thing to get users introduced without having them go, oh crap, didn't realize the 100 times multiplier just made me buy, you know, 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Where did my monies go? They're all gone. Um, it's, it's really helped me when it comes to savings in Bitcoin. Now I don't have to really think so much you know it just comes out automatically and um don't have to sift through reddit news anymore and say oh is now a good time to buy is it a good time to buy but anyways um <laughs> as a company what would you guys say um your primary focus is to mitigate the fears people have of bitcoin's volatility uh helping people acquire more bitcoin or is this to minimize the effects of volatility altogether uh, it's a little bit of both. So everything you just said, I think we uh, formed it in general. So like we said, we've been following Bitcoin for a while. We've all watched this crazy price roller coaster. We like to tell our friends and family about it. And the next, you know, usual comment is, okay, how do I start? Or is this a good price or what? And none of us are comfortable giving that kind of financial advice or we don't really know exactly. So our whole strategy is, hey, you know, a really easy, low commitment way to get it over time is just to keep buying in these continual small pieces. If you link it to your spending account, you don't even have to, you know, think about it. Um, so, yeah, it definitely helps you smooth out the volatility. You know, instead of making the decision, hey, I think 250 is an awesome price. Next week it's down to 200 and you're down 20%. That's not that cool. But if you would have bought at 250 for $3, then 200 for $3, and your average is at 225, then, you know, hey, you're in a better off position. So, yeah, we totally made lawnmower in the first part to help people, you know, uh, deal with that intimidation factor. Where do I, where do I get my first wallet? What exchange do I buy from? What's a good price for Bitcoin? How do I manage this over time? And lawnmower kind of tries to help with all those things. So with th these ingredients, is it actually minimizing the effects of volatility if enough people get on board, download the app, and participate? Um. Well, I mean, it's on more just a personalized thing. I mean, yeah, essentially, if you download lawnmower and use it your cost basis will more closely follow the price just with how dollar cost averaging type concept works i mean because you keep buying as the price moves naturally your cost basis is going to be a little closer to the current price so it, it definitely helps people uh you know deal with that uh, drama of waking up the next morning and possibly being you know five ten percent either way yeah, definitely. Because I, I think when I was single, man, I was buying Bitcoin when it was like at seven, eight hundred, and I was just buying like one at a time. And then like now that I'm, I'm I'm married and I got kids, and like I find that lawnmower is like the only way for me to acquire Bitcoin with you know the chaos that I'm surrounded by. And yeah, and I, I just didn't know if like I, if I'm if I'm hurting like the the price by buying so low or. Uh, but I just feel like you know if, if enough people just kind of chip at it, that it, it's good for the whole community as a whole. Yeah, it helps me out. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's exactly what you just described is one of our you know prime examples of why lawnmower can be advantageous. You know, you start buying at seven or eight hundred. It would be nice if you kept buying as you know the price fell. A lot of people are kind of resistant to doing that because it seems counterintuitive. You know, the price is going down. Why would I buy now? I want my investments to make money. But uh, yeah, that definitely helps get your cost basis down. It's super easy, like you just said. You don't even have to think about it. And yeah, all that uh, buying pressure at low prices, you'd at least think in theory should help drive the price. But the lawnmower is not quite big enough yet to really make a dent on the overall market. <laughs> it's just a matter of time, guys. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's our main focus now is just acquiring new users. So like you said, uh, we only really launched our iOS app April 9th and our Android two weeks later. So now kind of our main focus is just to you know, spread the word as much as we can. This little... Bitcoin price going up in the last few days has been, you know, really great optically. But right now, it's just getting the word out to everyone. 
fun. Yeah, cool. Uh, a little different than what we've been discussing, uh, but when people say, you know, Bitcoin's bad, blockchain's good, how do you guys <laughs> respond to that? Do you, you guys have any analogies for us? Um, I mean, we'd love, I, I think that quote or whatever has just been a little dramatized lately because everyone sees these big financial institutions and such showing interest in the blockchain and people saying, you know, it might not be Bitcoin that takes off. What if it's not a perfect tech and there's something that, uh, you know, that takes its place, but the underlying technology is still solid. I say, uh, blockchain's great. I agree. I don't know why people are bashing Bitcoin lately. I think it's just because they can and more attention has been on blockchain, but yeah, I mean, blockchain uh, is great. Bitcoin's great. If you'd like Bitcoin, you know, lawnmower is a good solution. But I think it's a little overdramatized, all the hate on Bitcoin and just that blockchain is, is great. You know, Bitcoin's a new currency with lots of, you know, cool things. A lot of people like it just because the now new cutting edges on Bitcoin 2.0 and blockchain doesn't mean we need to, you know, jump the gun too fast and just completely leap over Bitcoin. Bitcoin's already still pretty small. We should... uh kind of focus on spreading that out too in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. well, what it's worth, I think me and Dimitri feel the same way. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, get the word about a Bitcoin. I like how kind of Reddit is spinning this new uh, PR thing. It's like the blockchain is disguised for Bitcoin. Just let them keep using the blockchain. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's real funny. Um, Whatever helps. I'm I'm just saying let's get Bitcoin 1.0 before we try and jump to 2.0. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get this all figured. This whole debate debacle is like, okay, um, can we just figure it out already? But anyways, um, back to the app. Uh, it seems like you're primed for rapid expansion uh, with the unveiling of this recent redesign, which was really awesome, by the way. Real smooth. I like the Dang. user interface. <laughs> Um, what other surprises could you maybe let us in on for the future? Can we do we have any like things yeah, dropping? Absolutely. So I mean, right now when we went from uh, five to eight banks, you know that was a nice update, and the design UI changes were a nice update too. But but pretty minor. Um, I'd say going forward for Lawnmower, kind of uh, some of our initial goals, which we first had in mind, was doing a little more with this uh, transaction data. Um, so, I mean, essentially, you know, we get this from Plaid, like we were just talking about, not the actual bank, but we can see stuff like, you know, basically the merchant, uh, information is probably the best example. So one of our thoughts when we originally created Lawnmower was right now we have this sweet, uh, spare change to Bitcoin app. That's awesome. And we love Bitcoin, but to, you know, broaden out our potential market, maybe we make Bitcoin one of a few different, you know, asset classes you can invest in through Lawnmower, kind of like, uh, just, uh, investment hub so spare change into x which we've already seen you know a cool example with bank of america into a savings account acorns with mutual funds now a lot more with bitcoin uh here's kind of a, just a cool very high level idea though so essentially since we have all your transaction data uh let's say you know you spend five out of 15 transactions for the week at chipotle so that represents like a third of your saving if we could form a relationship with like a low-cost equity brokerage someone like Robinhood. For example, we could maybe say, you know, link your spending habits to the kind of equities or stocks that you want to buy. So with that one third of your last week's transactions, maybe we can take one third of last week's spare change and buy Chipotle stock with that or kind of reflect your investment choices a little more based on your spending. So it's this total passive connection like we have with Lawnmower, except maybe that is reflected a little more in your actual uh, end all investment or savings choices. Uh, pretty broad, but... Uh, that's kind of where our next ideas are, just kind of building out this uh, spending data a little bit, whether that's in the shape of, you know, helping us guide investment decisions or just kind of making lawnmower something at least a little more social in the near term to maybe say, you know, after you save 0.1 Bitcoin for the week or, you know, save X Bitcoin or spare change from buying with Chipotle. We'll, we'll like tweet that out or do something social, but you just kind of make a whole larger community behind Lawnmower. Yeah, you're taking the, the concept of you know, spare change and, and making it bigger. I feel like you guys are breeding the next generation of millionaires, possibly. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd like to say, you know, if, if Lawnmower was invented in like 2011, a few years before, then all our users would be millionaires. But <laughs> yeah, my life would be drastically different. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I got a question that, that's uh, very short, but it could prove to be the hardest uh, in 10 words or less to find Bitcoin. Uh, 
digital peer-to-peer globally agreed upon ledger with a nice e-currency. You're going over. You're going over. <laughs> yeah, that was, you were right. That was a hard question. <laughs> it's the hardest question to answer yeah. for all of our guests. Uh, you went over by three words, but still, yeah. you hit all the hot words. Yeah, let me get a let me get a redo. About, <laughs> all right, round two. <laughs> How about uh, digital, borderless, free, fast money alternative? Love it. We'll Six take that. words. <laughs> Boom! Headshot. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by. Everyone, that was the team, the head honchos over at lawnmower.io. Go out and download the app. And if it's okay with you guys, uh, I kind of want y'all to be the official app of the podcast. We love you that much. We talk about your, sh- your app, not your show. <laughs> we talk about your app literally every time. So, Well, that is beyond encouraging to hear. It's been a super fun interview. And, uh, yeah, you guys rock. Really appreciate it. And to all the users, feel free to reach out with us for any, you know, suggestions uh comments questions you know whatever we're here to help and we love our community and bitcoin users and all so yeah really appreciate it man all righty right on thank you i hope you guys love the interview there with lawnmower as much as i did um they're doing great things over there i think it's really good for mass adoption for people to not even think about it but let bitcoin just be this natural ideology that oozes into their system i love it and i'm throwing that out to anybody i introduce bitcoin to absolutely like, hey man you want to get in bitcoin here's an easy way lawnmower and circle all these places are good but lawnmower since you were here we're giving you the big shout out i mean if you're listening and you're on the fence i'm about to download it i'm gonna use it yep. i've already downloaded it i beat you to it bro <laughs> It's, it's well, by the app. time people hear this podcast, I've already had had it. <laughs> so now that's done, we're not going to focus on apps too much anymore. If you're really interested, maybe build one or go look what's there. Um, it's a brand new emerging industry, so the limits are not there right now. If you got a question, give us a comment on the website. Yep. We'll answer it. Absolutely. Answering questions is our thing. So let us know what I want to talk about after that interview was this huge Goldman Sachs meeting where there were so many quotables. What's a quotable? Corey? A potent, a potent quotable. Yeah. A potent quotable. Captain types McGee over there. Potent potables. Uh, what, what is a quotable? Yeah. Give us a quotable. In terms of like you want to say something that's quotable or tell you what a quotable is. <laughs> I guess I didn't clear that up. No. I want you to define for the audience what a quotable is. A quotable is something that is said by somebody that needs to be repeated over and over and over again. That is concise and to the point. There we go. Okay, so we're not going to give people a white paper. Okay. We're going to give you a condensed summary, easy to understand. Absolutely. So I'm going to give them a quotable. This is a quotable um, article posted June 12th by one Amith Egernarthy. That's true. I believe that's what it says. Amith Egernarthy <laughs> on the Goldman Sachs um, and the evolution of Bitcoin. And this quotable says, and it's kind of long, so strap yourselves in. It says... The early internet was meant to transfer web pages, not everything we do with it today. Because it became popular enough, it was retrofitted with all kinds of happen with Bitcoin. That's not true. I messed that up. Let's run that back. Because it became popular enough, it was retrofitted with all kinds of capabilities. And that's going to happen with Bitcoin. It's become pervasive enough that we will build it on it rather than try to replace it. That's a pretty big deal. And for those of you who didn't catch that quotable, you should probably look in our show notes. It'll also be there. Yes, definitely read that article. It's really (laughs) short. Um, For the really, really young in the audience, it's about five to seven tweets long, so it's not going to require that much of your attention span. But to everyone else... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not very long. It's uh, three paragraphs long, video in the middle of it. Um, that is actually the video of the meeting. So now that I've dropped that bomb on everyone, Cello, Corey, thoughts, table, open. You guys have it. I think side chains are a great extension of Bitcoin. And they're smashing it right now. Wait, wait. What about the Goldman Sachs thing? You're not even going to react to it? You just like... <laughs> you just, I was like, here's the open table. Talk about Goldman Sachs and you were like, side chains. I, I think it's relatable to side chains. Oh, okay. Keep going. Keep going. I, I lost my train of thought now. I'm sorry. I didn't know where you were going. With it. it seemed like he totally... Go for it. Keep going. Taking my ball and going home. Yeah. <laughs> Computer science is complex. That's that's my that's going to be my short short take. Well, I, I mean, yeah, like I guess my take on on reading that article was that like my quotable was the people these high up people in the financial world are considering Bitcoin as no longer a you don't need to be brave to start investing into Bitcoin anymore. And in, in the past, when these, like guess the, the traditional financial people would look at this idea of Bitcoin, like, all right, well, it's got merit, but if you're going to invest into it, you need to have some balls. You need to be brave. And if you're, you're going to throw your life on the line if you're going to put real money into it. Nowadays, they're saying, eh, well, it's got, it, it's got some credence now, and you can probably get into it if you're smart about it and be fine. You're not going to have any issues. Which, which says a lot. It, it means it. What and on on the surface, it's just saying these people are giving credit to Bitcoin. On the underground, they're saying there's a lot going on about these people researching Bitcoin, and they haven't found any problems with it because you know these people who who invest tons and tons and tons of money in different places are doing a lot of investments or not a lot of research on the investments they're making, and if they would have found a problem or and outright, like, this isn't going to work. They would have come out and said it because in the beginning, they were somewhat of an enemy to Bitcoin. They're like, whatever, this is going to take away all the things that we've been doing. Yeah. And now they're like, yeah, it's got created. It's no big deal. You can probably start investing into it and not have an issue. Yep. That was actually um, another quotable from the article that I didn't want to read, but maybe I should. Should, I just, should this be D's reading hour on the Bitcoin Yeah, D's reading hour. D's potent quotables. These potent quotables. Potent, potent. I like that. Maybe we should try to like reel that in somehow. You know where that's from, right? I hope he knows where it's from. You don't know where that's from? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know it's from. Yeah. <laughs> from uh, the SNL Jeopardy. That would be the topic every week. Was potent potables. That's yeah, the reason why I said it. Sorry. I totally knew where that was from. Yeah. <laughs> that's not new to me at all. I was hoping you guys knew where it was from. Um, yeah, they're exactly what uh, our resident doctor just said. He said, they said, feel free to invest in it. It's not going anywhere. It's viable. We're going to use it. That's what they said. But <laughs> Goldman, they didn't use the words Bitcoin or blockchain in their explanation or statement. They did say blockchain. Blockchain's the coolest thing on the streets now. You say blockchain, you don't say Bitcoin. Yeah, you're like, uh, hey guy, are you? Have you heard about this new blockchain thing? You're like what? I'm waiting for the next rapper. Blockchains. Oh man, I really hope it's Nas. I want Nas <laughs> to talk about it because I love Nas. Nas isn't doing much of anything except for being awesome. Oh, excuse me, Nasome. It was it. You know, he'll be awesome when he's on the podcast. <laughs> right now he's okay. Um. Oh. Uh, when so I mean this is going this is pushing Bitcoin to be more mainstream, right? I mean that's the whole point of it, right? I think that's yes, what it, is. it really is. And so once Bitcoin mainstreams, will it still be recognizable? As, I mean, Bitcoin started out with true intentions and pure. You think once it hits mainstream, I mean, this this could be bad news. 
How? how so? how people, can... Your first thought is to think of it as good, but it could be bad. How could you know it be bad? Yeah, give us the. I mean, how? If you if, if you start getting a bunch of investments from all these different people, uh, I don't know. Like the, the early days of, of Bitcoin was set out to change the way you spend money, and then a company like Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan, they're hesitant to rely or work with a financial network in the past, in which the people keeping them alive are essentially anonymous. But banks have to know who's transacting, and and they flag if someone's suspicious involved the transaction, but it's quite easy in Bitcoin to have an identity tied to an address in a way that would make a bank feel comfortable. I mean, Goldman Sachs is one of the most respected financial companies in the world. So, I mean, they usually don't operate the same way. It's almost kind of like selling out. I think you're, it, there's a, there's a mis- misplacement here. It's, I mean, let's, let's take the age-old analogy of email. You can have it. Bitcoin is a protocol, and you can use it however you want. It's a useful protocol. It's the same thing for emails. You can have it, email is fucking useful. Anybody can use it. Anybody can send emails to other people. But if you try and equate evil companies sending emails about other evil things to email being bad, then you've got the idea wrong. And I feel like it's... it's well, Goldman Sachs investment could be seen as an intermediate proprietary step to test the waters before implementing a non-Bitcoin blockchain. Hmm. Everyone's perplexed by that statement. I don't know. Hold up. Let's pause for the cause. We're going to edit this shit out. <laughs> Aaron, your typing is on my microphone. <laughs> what? Like it, it appears. But typing here is even worse. How can I work? It appears that financial institutions, central banks, and governments are indeed flirting with the blockchain. But at the same time, they're determined to leave it open and P2P features of Bitcoin out. So to reiterate, Goldman Sachs investment in say Circle could be seen. That's a proprietary step to test the waters just to see how it is. Yeah. And implementing a non-Bitcoin blockchain, like stealing the best of what Bitcoin has to offer, but well, not using it. I think you had a stroke of genius earlier when you mentioned side chains. Like you just like it, you just threw it up out. You were like side chains. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think you get into that territory with side chains because if you can build your own blockchain but then tie it to the Bitcoin blockchain to have the security and the mining and the network behind it, then Goldman Sachs can definitely make their own chain. They can make a Goldman Sachs chain that all the banks deal with in the United States or something like that. And none of their business has to change. But the thing that's backing up their business changes. Instead of this faith, and because we don't do video, I'm putting that in quotations, audience, this faith that we have in the United States dollar everybody deals with that that's the backbone but that backbone kind of sucks and well now well what I mean there's these like traditionally I'm, I'm, I'm building on top of what you're saying traditionally because we have this fiat system there's only certain routes in which you can do transfers among banks and it's through other banks there's only a certain amount of banks in America where you can do large large sum transfers. And with a blockchain technology, banks can talk amongst themselves and not give a shit about an intermediate, a clearinghouse or a bank that they have to go through. And so if they if they slowly move to these to a better technology of doing things. Even I forgot who said it. The uh, the CEO of Visa, the creator of Visa said if Visa was created today, it would be built on a blockchain technology because it's just a better way of doing things. Potent quotable. That is a potent potent quotable. That's true, but the fact (laughs) that the the Bitcoin blockchain is powered by thousands of unvetted computers around the world, all of which could stop supporting the blockchain at any moment. And that's a problem for Bitcoin's potential for a nominee. So I think what's going to happen... And I'm not too privy on the technology of, of how this works, but 
it's the, the side chains or other things will be built as a layer on top of Bitcoin. They're not so much on top. I think they're they're running alongside. Running on so, so you know, Litecoin is running alongside of Bitcoin. And you peg it. You peg it to Bitcoin. So the features and everything, the laws, the the computer science laws that you wish to have in your blockchain are running alongside and being mined with the original Bitcoin. So you're saying that the, to whatever they're doing, it has the security of the Bitcoin blockchain. Yes. Because it's using the verification, the, the, yes. the mining it's, power of the, of, of the Bitcoin network. Absolutely. And it's a sidechain. It's a side chain. So I can we can build the Bitcoin podcast chain and it can have so many cool features like confirmations every half a second and uh, block sizes the size of uh, fucking five terabytes and like anything we want. But it's going to have the security of the Bitcoin blockchain. Would anyone want to use our crappy chain? Probably not. But now we don't have to spend the money to mine and have that distributed ledger that has to be secured by these distributed computations. And one thing I'd like to add on to Marcello, what you said is that it's not that the computers are vetted. The computers are playing a game and that game has specific rules that can't be changed. So you can trust the computers. So it's not like you have to, these computers have some sort of side motivation. If they have a side motivation, they can't get on the Bitcoin network. They've got to run the Bitcoin's rules to be on the Bitcoin network. Well, right now they rely on end users for its operation. Right now. What do you mean by end users? Well, they rely on major banks that would be jointly run by the computers of the largest banks and serve as a backbone for a new instant payment system without a single point of failure. So the new blockchain, the centralized but closed, would offer the benefit of current Bitcoin network without relying on the end users for its operations. And right now, it right doesn't work like that. You know, it's a, I think it's a thorny issue for Goldman Sachs right now. And I think people just see the fifty million dollar investment and they get kind of too excited. I don't know. Um, it's something I need to look into. Yeah, we should yeah. look into it further. We should have it. I don't have. I don't have anything on this. I need to look into it. I mean, does what I it does that make sense or what? Yeah. What they said, even in that Goldman Sachs meeting, another potent quotable, was that they see no sense in replacing the current blockchain because it'd be too expensive. If they had to run a blockchain, you know, how expensive that would be. It's really expensive to run the current blockchain. That's what three hundred thousand blocks high or something like that. By the way, there's an well, app. It's, it's not about how, how big it is. It's about the the power. Of computation behind it, so the number of people trying to number number the number of people competing currently to solve each ten minute block. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. The Bank of England, though, they think it's all a scam. Mm. Well, it's because they're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. They think that they're just trying to take it to still. Any, any, anybody who looks into the science, who reads papers, who who's done the research, and 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 understands how like the protocol works can't think it's a scam because it's decentralized the whole idea is that it's not a scam that's the whole purpose for the exactly. entire thing is that you can't scam it unless you have 51% of the entire and, network and guess how much it costs for 51% per day per hour hell guess how much it costs for 51% per 10 minutes for every confirmation it costs something on the order of like 5 billion dollars to try and change that history and say you do it once every you do it you do it for ten minutes. You you have fifty one percent and you've and you've swayed the vote on how the transactions work. Guess what? You have to continue to do it indefinitely, which yep. is incredibly difficult. And then people are gonna call you out. Eventually they're gonna say, Whoa, 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 wait a second. What was that BS? Uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. And that's the beauty of the distributed ledger, is that it's infinitely better than any centralized service can provide i think well i won't take that back that's me being on like the fanboy kick it has its pros but at this point in time where we're at humanity's sake its pros are way more than its cons to have decentralized as opposed to centralized so 
but side chains you threw that out there and i think it was because like your inner genius was like that's the key <laughs> i have moments like that <laughs> it's because that allows people to build their own chains that are then essentially backed by bitcoin bitcoin becomes the new gold it's the digital gold of the world the world can now have gold again they can have money denominated in gold like they've always wanted Krugerrands? Everyone wants to carry a bag of Krugerrands? Yep. Nope. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> I think we all came to the same conclusion after this debate. I know my mind has changed on a number of issues, so I appreciate that. Dimitri, thanks for enlightening me. No problemo, mi amigo. But I'm still really amateur on the topics, so I'm going to do more reading for the audience. I'd love questions from you guys, so I can specify my efforts focus my efforts into answering these questions um but glad i could yeah clear it up absolutely if you have any questions about the lightning network side chains blockchains everything you can write into the show at the bitcoin podcast at gmail.com hit us up with a tweet the btc podcast hit us up on facebook like us at the bitcoin podcast just connect with us that's why we're here so and and you can trust that the questions you ask will be answered thoroughly because I have a somewhat of an OCD reaction when asked when asked questions. I need to know that it's right, and so does D. And I feel Marcello has the same same reaction. So we're gonna do our best to try absolutely. All righty. Answer uh, anything you have to know. Well, there's another successful week of the Bitcoin podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Go out and get lawnmower. Uh, we are not sponsored. Throw that out there again. Just a <laughs> great app that I love, and it makes my life easy. So, yeah. And before you know it, you'll have a lot of Bitcoin. That's right. Play the outro. Mm-hmm.